Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews. This is World Insight. On today's World Insight, defense and security delegations from around the world attend the Xiangshan Forum in Beijing. CGTN hosts a seminar for young military officers and scholars regarding international security at the crossroads. On stage, we have from Belarus, Arseniy Savitsky, director of Sarmat Analytics. The world is becoming more complex, uh, and that is why uncertainty and instability uh, comes from. From Pakistan, Javaria Tareen, CEO of the Balochistan Institute of Research and Development. I believe international security is a collective wisdom. From China, Jiang Tianjiao, Associate Director of the Center for Brick Studies at Fudan University. And uh, in fact, the most important thing is that the interaction between traditional conflict and these non-traditional risks. From Germany, Pascal Ab, Senior Research Fellow at the Peace Research Institute Frankfurt. And we have a shared interest um, between both the United States, China, as well as I think any other major power in the world, uh, instability. And also from China, Li Zhe, Assistant Research Fellow at the PLA Academy of Military Sciences. We may eliminate the root causes of the international conflict and bring much more certainty and stability to this changing era. going on in terms of international security situation? I believe international security is a collective wisdom because now we are no more living in just, uh, you know, it's a global world. So in a global world, like wherever the situation is bad, be it in Pakistan or in Iran or in Afghanistan, it, it's a collective reflection of our world where we want that our children our people should be safe enough. There should not be any discrimination between any country. In fact, we should all have all the rights um, to live in a secure environment. So I believe that uh, dialogues are important. With dialogues, it's very important that you know how we uh, engage ourselves with the enemy. And we should not have any enemies. Like, you know, we, our history is full with wars, killing. This must be stopped because, uh, you know, we want a world should be peaceful and everything. And in this international security, I believe media has a very big role to play. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have seen that even since morning, um, you know, I have not seen that how we, uh, we are working on perceptions. Because now the wars are not won in a battleground, but through media. So uh, what we could see even now in Israel and Palestine conflict, you could see that you know the Western media is reporting different things, and the uh, local media in Palestine is giving a different uh, uh, you know uh, happening. So it's very important how we engage media. The security of the journalists are also very important. We should give them the equal opportunities and the safe, uh, you know, uh, path. I think uh, the current international situation right now can be summed up into two words. One is uncertainty, the other is instability. 
Uncertainty means for those countries or international organizations, it's pretty hard to predict what will happen next. So they are much more focused on the current issue, finding some short-term solutions instead of long-term strategies, right? And when we speak of the instability, we actually speak of the really shaky or fragile relationships between those countries and the international organizations. And just because of this, there's a, now there's a rise in unilateralism, protectionism, and hegemonism, and even the Cold War mentality. It's causing the, obviously, serious problem in the world. So, in this era of instability and uncertainty, lots of inter international players feel uh, super insecure. And think that, and some of them even think that the only way to get safety is have to through the intensive competition or war. It's terrible, right? So there are lots of uh, security issues around the world right now. There are lots of competition among major powers uh, in the traditional field, and uh, some even show starting to show some signs of arms risk or block confrontation. And uh, we still have some regional issues, just like mentioned uh, the. Uh, the Ukraine crisis, the Palestinian-Israeli uh, conflicts, etc. And uh, don't forget those uh, emerging technologies uh, we are dealing with, the space, cyber, artificial intelligence. They are causing much more serious problems right now. And we've got still got terrorism, climate change, food security, energy security. We haven't dealt with. They are still posing some threats. So basically, we actually at the crossroads once again in the history. Uh, it's important to decide whether we want peace or war and the confrontation or cooperation. That's all. My first uh, background is in philosophy um, and social sciences. And uh, my second background uh, is artillery. So I'm a military officer in the reserve. Uh, and uh, uh, when I was a student, I was trying to speculate uh, about how to combine these two perspectives, the philosophical and the military one. Uh, that is why I was interested um, in such phenomenon as a war in the history of mankind. And uh, a lot of social anthropologists, philosophers and historians claim that uh, the history of mankind is actually um, a history of wars, unfortunately. And uh, from this perspective, uh, from my understanding, uh, the international security architecture or system uh, is aimed either to prevent this war to happen or uh, at least to manage them, that they don't escalate to the world wars that lead to the uh, damage and devastating of, of the um, human civilization. And I think, uh, judging by these developments, we can state definitely that the current international security architecture is in a crisis, in a deep crisis, because it's not able to prevent such conflicts, and not only in Europe, but in other parts of the world, world especially if uh, we are following the developments now uh, in the Middle East, but also in other uh, parts and regions. So, uh, from my understanding, the main reason is because the world is becoming more complex. So, uh, the multiple 
world order is emerging uh, and it is going to substitute the old world order, uh, order char characterized by the uh, bipolarity. And uh, with this multiple uh, world order, new challenges emerging because uh, more actors are engaging in the process, so more contradictions uh, are coming with this engagement. And uh, unfortunately, the current international security architecture is not able to manage these contradictions in the peace way. So it leads to such conflicts uh, like now uh, in Europe, in the Middle East. And uh, now we are at the crossroads. So what should we do with this old world order characterized by the domination of uh, by polarity, uh, or, uh, so whether we should uh, to help this world order to survive or to help it uh, to be damaged. So this is uh, my philosophical question. Mm -hmm. uh, I will try to develop my thoughts a little bit later when we will come to more practical point of view, but uh, the key point that world is becoming more complex and that is why uncertainty and instability uh, comes from. So when you ask this question of how can we characterize the current security situation in the world today, there's one simple number by which we can clearly state that it is the worst that we have seen since the end of the Cold War. And that is a number which we use in peace research, uh, so-called battle deaths per year. So the number of human lives that are lost in violent conflict every year, and that number has just spiked way up in 2022 and continuing into 2023. Interstate war is the, I think, biggest danger that you can see in the world today. So when we're used to interstate war becoming a relatively rare phenomenon, the predominant kind of violent conflicts that you have seen since the end of the Cold War, and which was also the primary focus for conflict resolution were actually intrastate wars, so civil wars. But an interstate war is far more destructive. A nation state can afford to raise a huge army and equip it with very, very destructive weaponry. And this is something which most civil war parties simply cannot do. So when you ask what has caused the sudden deterioration in the security situation in the world, this resurgence of interstate war, I think, should be our primary concern. I think my colleagues just provided very excellent remarks. I will not repeat that, but so I will keep my comments very short. The first point, I want to remind everyone that uh, great powers, they have special responsibility in protecting the security and the peace of the world. So we need to bear this in our mind. And at the same time, we need to ask, we need to consider about the concern of the global south, or maybe we should call them global majority. So none of these countries, I think, they want another Cold War or a further divided world. So this is my first point. And second point, um, in fact, we are facing uh, serious risks of like nuclear war. And at the same time, we also face the challenges and certainties brought by emerging technologies like cyber and also AI. And uh, in fact, the most important thing is that the interaction between traditional conflict and these non-traditional uh, risks. So it is very important for us to find the solutions. And finally, for all of these various risks, I think no country can stand alone. So that's why we need to work together. 
And that's why I think China proposed the Global Security Initiative. And I think we can talk about this later. Thank you. Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in. Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews. This is World Insight. About international security order, that has been a key phrase uh, every one of you indicated. So what kinds of update that needs to be done uh, urgently, given that we have already multiple conflicts, major conflicts going on, for example, uh, and also uh, some of the uh, conflicts uh, going on in the global south, for example, on the African continent and other areas. So what kind of update do we need to have, not only addressing the current need, but also further forward-looking? Since the world is becoming multipolar, we need a multipolar approach to the arms control regimes. So the, the main problem is that we are hostages of this uh, Cold War heritage uh, when the all arms control regimes uh, were negotiated by the USSR and the United States. And uh, yeah, so it reflected the reality of this uh, epoch, so the reality of people world. But now, uh, not only great powers are competing to each other, but the role of smaller and medium states is increasing on the international arena. Uh, with the emerging technologies, uh, they are gaining more power and influence, and they would like to participate in the discussion as well. Uh, give me so, some examples, if you can. So, um, one of the examples is uh, that we need to broaden the framework of uh, arms control negotiations uh, between uh, Russia and United States by adding uh, other great powers and they may emer emerging powers. So, let's discuss uh, all these collapsed uh, frameworks like INF Treaty, uh, in broader framework between the US, China, Russia, France, uh, United Kingdom. So, and I think the permanent five due to its special position because uh, all of them possess uh, nuclear arsenals, but they uh, take a special role as a permanent members of the Security Council of the United Nations. So they have to give the example. So they should start, or at least to take some first steps. Giving example some of the latest uh, uh, conflicts and potential conflicts, how do you think the international uh, security order can be further updated from your perspective? Uh, from my perspective, you know, uh, uh, I, found, I think maybe we could, could learn from history, you know? When we back the 110 years ago, we all know what happened at that time. Countries, between countries, there is no communication. There is no way to communicate with each other. There is no, how to say, the platforms for uh, each uh, country to express themselves. So, they do not know what's happened outside. outside. So, 
misunderstood, mistrust just happened. So, back to, to now, you know, I think maybe uh, we can offer you some uh, you know, some measures. I, I think that uh, recent years, uh, our country, um, China, have promoted some initiatives, just like BRI, Belt and Road Initiative, Global Security Initiative, etc. The aim is to share views, is to offering the platforms, is to uh, establish the mechanism to working together. I think it's important. To sum up, I think the most important thing to deal with all these uh, regional issues is to multilateralism uh, negotiation. I think communicate is the most important thing. Uh, the new technologies uh, and also so-called non-traditional security threats, they are becoming major security threats today as a result of wonderful development of technologies. So how are we going to see these relations intertwined with the traditional security threats? What might be uh, the ways that we can deal with it, the uh, challenges that you mentioned earlier? How do you see that with the complicated international order that we are seeing today, these important and new emerging uh, possibilities can be worked on? So I think this year we all know that with the emergence of ChatGPT, so now everybody is crazy about AI's application, and we believe that AI will be, uh, it will lead a new round of like uh, maybe economic uh, industrial revolution. So it is very important to our development. But at the same time, I want to also remind everyone that in fact we know very little about AI's, especially AI's military application. It will bring a lot of unpredictable. Uh, outcomes, uncertainties, uh, because of the like the black box of the algorithms, and maybe because of the contamination of the data set. So it will be a very dangerous point, especially when the interaction between AI's military application and, for example, the traditional like the nuclear command and control system. So it will be very very important for us, for experts, for scholars, to have good channels to communicate with the archiver and to find the channels uh, to have build some hotlines and confidence building measures. But in fact, I think now uh, we lack these kind of channels and the communication mechanisms. So I think why maybe the Shangshan Forum, yes, they are providing this kind of a discussion platform for us. So I think it is very important for us to keep this kind of dialogue. I read also earlier, there's a global AI initiative uh, uh, that China brought up. I haven't gone into details yet, so maybe you can help us uh, to understand exactly what is the real essence of this, uh, once again, initiative. Well, I think the most important concept is how to make AI, uh, or the good governance of AI, which is, is I think, is the key uh, concept of the initiative. And I think it is China's philosophy to have uh, the balance of development and the security. So we need to promote the development of AI's, AI's application. But at the same time, we need to consider about the security outcomes and how to promote, how to create new innovative uh, governance system to help us deal with the challenge brought by AI. So if we could very briefly, everybody have two minutes, talk not only from my perspective, maybe from the others that I just heard. What can I say? What do I want to say? It's not have to be your national plan, you know, because we're not there to design the national plan, our generation yet. Um, but I think 
maybe some thoughtful, considerate proposals or suggestions. I believe listening is very important. The communication, that must go on. If we don't communicate, because you know, at the end of the day, even if we call someone enemy, you know, they have families, they have countries, they have sympathies and they love their countries. So we all are human. So let's take each another like a human, not being recognized as a Pakistani, as a Muslim, as a Christian, as a Jew. But once we will become human, then it will be very easier for us to, you know, to put ourselves into different shoe and to analyze. Um, that is very important. And then again, I will say accountability. We must have accountability in this world. We do not necessarily fall into the so-called sisters trap or follow so-called motor skills long cycle theory. And we do not, uh, uh, even certainly not, uh, for, uh, like some scholars predict, uh, so-called destined for war. Because today we have much more, uh, the close, our world connected globally much more. And uh, we have much more adverse and convenient means of transportation and communication. We have the uh, more advanced the te uh, technology and the science. And of course, we learned so much from 20th century. So we've got the political wisdom right. So I think it's the, this is the worst of the times, it's also the best of the times. I think as long as we could uh, maybe uh, we could say adapt into the changing international landscape uh, in the spirit of solidarity and to address those complex and so-called intertwined security challenges with the we mindset, we may eliminate the root causes of the international conflict and bring much more certainty and stability to this changing era. The, the emerging world order uh, is increasingly, unfortunately, unstable and insecure. And to navigate through the risks uh, of new conflicts, uh, new arms races, we need definitely dialogue, communication and cooperation. Uh, understanding the fact that not all countries would like to engage uh, into such uh, discussions and conversations, uh, we should also emphasize that now we're living in times when we are forging this uh, new world order and new security architecture. And that is why uh, I'm fully supporting the idea that the major uh, great powers like United States and China, uh, other members of P5, that would like to continue these discussions should lead the conversation now. Um, so at least in, in one dimension, I think the situation is fundamentally different. And we have a shared interest um, between both the United States, China, as well as I think any other major power in the world, uh, instability. And this, this is very, very different from a situation in the so-called Cold War, which was in fact very, very hot in many areas of the world. So I think this is, I mean, in addition to some of the other things that have been, been noted, uh, other global governance issues, the combating climate change, arms control, and so on, this fundamental interest in a stable world is something that at least makes me a little bit optimistic about the future. So my simple suggestion is just keep uh, young people dialogue, continue dialogue, and just let young people talk. I think this is very important because young people are the future generation. And uh, 
as some of our colleagues mentioned, that uh, the, the deep roots of the security problems issues they cannot be easily changed. But through cross-cultural communication among young people, I think we can better understand each other, just like what we did this afternoon. And we can uh, have reconciliation step by step. So I think this is a very important uh, opportunity, and uh, I really appreciate that the Xiangshan Forum provided this platform for us. And I saw a lot of officers uh, coming from different world. Please, uh, you are always welcome, and just bring our you know, officers and young scholars to your Xiangshan Forum so that we can create a common security together. I, I would love to appreciate all your efforts today. Once again, we're coming from different perspectives, but you have demonstrated with the brilliance how that could also lead to a very constructive and encouraging conversation. So, uh, so thank you so much for all of you.